Welcome to episode 42 of the Kill Rock Podcast. Today we have Levi the Poet as well as Jimmy Smith from The Noise. Before we get started, we'll let you guys know that the Kill Rock Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. AudibleTrial.com slash KillRock is your place to pick up your free audiobook download and free 30-day trial. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any MP3 player. That is AudibleTrial.com slash KillRock.
And that was former guest of the Kill Rock podcast, Matter, with their song, A Voice, off their EP, Terrafim. We want to congratulate Elijah Kellogg and his wife for their brand new addition to their family. So, we play A Voice here on the Kill Rock podcast. We'd actually play them more often. I don't know why we don't. They're such a good band. Go check out Matter. Go check out Terrafim. Today we have a great episode for you guys. This is episode 42 of the Kill Rock podcast. We have two guests. Two guests. First guest we're going to have on Jimmy Smith from The Noise. He is talking about the brand new video that The Noise is putting out today featuring 68 playing live on top of the roof at Live Nation. I was there firsthand. It was an amazing set. It was an amazing afternoon in Hollywood, California. We also have Levi McAllister. Levi the Poet, as most of you all know him. He is talking about his brand new album, Correspondence, and he's also talking about his new tour that he's booking right now, Don't Sink Tour. He's going to be hitting up the West Coast. Let's get to Jimmy Smith from The Noise and get this show on the road. Is it really loud, Jimmy? No, I'm just super impressed that you've had 41 shows already. 40, yes. And this is number 42. That's right. 42nd episode featuring Levi the Poet, Jimmy Smith from The Noise. He is back here today to talk about 68 playing on top of the roof at Live Nation. Jimmy, how are you doing today? Great, dude. Uh, do I make you nervous? You, right now, with that tank top and those arms and that beard, <laughs> I think the first time I ever met you at MI, I was like, dang, this guy looks like he knows what he's doing. Well, uh, thank you, I think. <laughs> dude, this is, this is my, uh, my chariot tank top getting ready for the summer. Yeah, yeah, for the uh, Warp Tour. 68 has been announced to be on Warp Tour. And perfect timing for you to be on the show because you have something <laughs> special you're about to release through uh, the House of Blues' YouTube channel. Am I right? Yeah, and on bringthenoise.com, whichever Bring way you want to find it. Right. Yeah. So uh, what is it? We're releasing our video concert slash interview with 68. Uh, they came and played on our roof, and it was amazing. And yeah, I mean, you saw it. You've seen it. it. Was, you were actually you were there when they played. I was there. I think I was like the only one that didn't work for Live Nation that wasn't a part of the band that was there. Yeah. So that was that was awesome. Thank you for inviting me, Jimmy. Of course. And then you hung around after, and we went and went shopping with Josh Goggin. <laughs> I think that was one of the few times I've ever been like a real fanboy. Just kind of like, and I didn't really even talk to them. I just kind of sat in the corner and just like watched them stroll <laughs> around these little like merchandise places in Hollywood, California, overpriced merchandise. It was great. How did you book them? Um, I just reached out to their publicist and was like, yo, I want to get this band on our roof. Here's an example of uh, some other bands that, not the noise, but another blog has got had on our roof okay. and they were they're down and josh is down and the manager is down everyone was down so dude i reached out to them i was looking at emails in december 
So we start. Did you just look at your calendar because you forgot no, no, what no. month it was? No, I heard something outside my window. Oh, I thought you were like, <laughs> wait, what month is it right now? You, re- you reached out in December. Yeah, dude. So oh, it was wow. a. So it was a very long process, but I'm very glad that we got it all straightened out, and they played, and they rocked it, and it was amazing. And that, I mean, you know what? That's that's kind of surprising because uh, knowing you as the biggest Chariot fan, oh, sorry, the biggest The Chariot fan, <laughs> and basically being a big Josh Scoggin fan in general, I would have thought you would have broken that news to me like right when you sent out the email, not even after you got like an email back. <laughs> Well, dude, I'm really superstitious, so I'm always afraid I'm going to jinx things. So I always wait till like the last minute to tell people, like, "Yo, this is going down." It just so happened to be the day of. Pretty, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In case like there were any cancellations or anything, I waited till the very last minute to tell you. But it worked out, so it's all good. It worked out. Uh, were you at their show? Their last show was Six Year Guns was in San Diego the night before, right? Yeah. Were you at that show? No, I I wanted to, but. Dude, that's San Diego so far. So, what what is this video? I got to see it today, um, but from your perspective, the one that booked the show, and did you work on the video at all? Did you edit it? Uh, no. Uh, the camera people who filmed it, they were the ones who edited it, which thankfully, because my editing skills aren't the best, so I'm very happy they took care of well, it. Well, they did a great job. Uh, from your perspective, though, is it what you exactly you wanted to come out of? Oh, wow. Was it exactly what you wanted to come out of that experience? Yeah. I mean, I think the video is pretty raw and it's not like too um, professional. So I think it came out really well. That's awesome. Um, How happy were you? (laughs) Just that day in general, how happy were you? Dude, I don't honestly like it still hasn't really hit me because I think I was working so hard that day, like lugging gear and like just running around everywhere i'm sure i probably smelled awful because i was so sweaty (laughs) just like running just like oh all right thank you um (laughs) but no but like running up to the 12th floor and then running down to the lobby to like help people get in and then like dude i was all over the place but i think maybe one of these days i'll like sit down and like be like whoa i actually did that but right now it's still it's going to be one of those things you tell your grandparents, or not your grandparents, because your grandparents probably already know, but your grandchildren. <laughs> it's probably something you're going to tell them one of these days, and that's when it's finally going to hit you. Yeah, it will probably hit then <laughs> when like our grandkids like have hologram concerts or whatever, and I'll be like, I put on a real concert. <laughs> on top of a roof. Now, on what, top of a roof, yeah. Now, what are the plans for uh, the future? Of, I mean, the noise. You guys have a ton of videos coming out pretty soon including this video, what are the plans of more rooftop sessions? Uh, I mean, we're going to try and, you know, reach out to people and see who wants to get involved. Uh, if other companies, brands want to partner with us and put on more of these shows, we're definitely down. And there's obviously a lot of bands that we can have up there. Uh, we're just going to see what we can do and try and spread the word. We really want to just use this video as like the like main jumping off point for the noise because like yeah we've been around for like a few months now but we want this video to be the thing that like launches it it's like look at what we did hope you love this we're gonna do more of it like open everyone's eyes so now we you and i we've talked uh before about other people doing interviews on youtube and you know how critical i am as i i know how critical you are 
about yeah. about people that do these YouTube videos. I'm going to tell everyone that's listening to this episode, all you Levi the Poet fans, all you fans of the Kill Rock po- po- podcast, not Poet, Kill Rock podcast, uh, this video is a must-see. It is not too long. It is not too short. And it's basically a great introduction into what 68 is all about. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think it's awesome because it's not like, like it's more about 68 than it is like about the noise. Right. Like we just we just happen to like give them a platform, which is absolutely what I wanted. Like even when I interview other bands, I never want it to be about me or the right. noise. Like so I'm very happy it came out that way. And I I loved it because uh yeah, Josh Goggin and 68 are pretty I mean, 68's as established as they can be for a one album band, but because of Josh Goggin, they're probably more established than they should or would be. Should be is a different wrong word, but would be. Um, but if you have bands that are just starting out, like Plague Vendor, or like, you know, bands that aren't like Sensusville or Under Oath or something like that, like in these new bands that are coming out, the bands that are going to be on Warp Tour, like Have Mercy, or you know what I'm talking about, this is going to be, this is like the perfect setting for those bands to be able to get exposure. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, um, I mean, honestly, if you're in a band, I mean, why would you not want to come and play on a roof in L.A. when it's not, like, cold or, like, whatever? It's, like, perfect weather, so why not be a part of it? It was yeah. beautiful. What what time was this? Like, it started at 5.30 in the afternoon, and it was right when our heat spell ended, but it wasn't too cold to be up right, there. Right, right. It was perfect. Right. But, they, but 68 and them, they were talking about when they were on tour, they went and, like, uh, it was like super cold where they were coming from. So like, <laughs> dude, like it's gonna be perfect. Like if you're in a band, like it's gonna be super rad. Like no matter what. So, Jimmy, where can we find this video? Is it out today? Today, yeah, dude, we put it out this morning. So where can we find it? Bringthenoise.com. Bringthenoise.com. Tweet it at the noise. Facebook it at is it, it's still bring the noise right on Facebook or is Facebook. it the noise? Oh, it's the noise with the zero. There you go. Yeah, the yep. noise with the zero for the O. Uh, go check out 68's video on top of a roof. Jimmy, any last things you want to say before we get to Levi the Poet? Uh, No, dude. Just thanks for the shout-out. Thanks for hooking it up. Um, that's it, dude. Your show's awesome, so I appreciate dude. it. Before we get into Levi the Poet, though, I got to tell you guys, uh, when I got the text message from Jimmy, I don't even think you asked me to go i think you told me and demanded me to go because 68 was playing on the roof at live nation and i was like okay well whatever i'll go and uh that's actually the day i had to interview levi the poet so it was kind of a scramble for myself got up to the rooftop and there's these two men and they're just jamming the way on their guitars telling jokes to each other uh, every now and then, Josh would pull Michael aside and say that they're going to have a band meeting, which I thought was the best thing in the world. And, you know, everything they did, it seemed like it was very, uh, what's the word, improvised, very improvised. But at the same time, they were so tight together. Everyone, if you're going to go see a band live and if you're going to go see a band on Warp Tour, this isn't even a Warp Tour episode, but... Shout out to Warp Tour. They're going to have 68 on there. You guys got to go check out 68 on Warp Tour this summer. Now we're going to get to Levi the Poet. We're going to play a jam off his brand new album, Correspondence. 
This is chapter one. Here on the Kill Rock Podcast, and Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on and spreading the good news about 68. Yeah, dude, thank you, man. My love, when we first set sail and pushed off to sea, I stood at the bow looking backward, dry-eyed and imagining that the world in all its color and grandeur and majesty had been devastated by that same flood I'd seen when I told you that my father was making me leave. It was a midsummer night's eve, and in my heart it was a romance, the same Shakespearean tragedy that quintessential teenage flickering that let love burn brighter in the reminiscent memories as we slowly fell asleep, cuddling beneath the stars that I wished upon through the cutout at the top of the teepee. It doubled by day as an Indian fort, with girls have cooties stitched across the seams, and at night, our secret love affair that the cowboys would have deemed a crime punishable by cat gun and sour faces and wild, wild west make-believe. Old enough to comprehend, but young enough to dream. I can still hear the rhythm of your breathing beneath that canopy, while the wind played brush on the snare, and God threw his bolts of lightning like the thunderclap clave to complement the whistling moving through the trees, and remembered you promising that when we grew up, you'd build a home for me. Now to start growing, and you'd curl up your fake mustache like your favorite character in your favorite movie, whisper, I'll be your huckleberry. And in the morning, when I snuck back to my room, I thought, tragedy indeed, the innocence, if ever it was, can be stripped away without a warning. I can By grace or by fate, by luck or by mercy, I trust the moon will carry your letters safely to me. This flood rescinding will give way to land depending, and like the hand of God gave olive leaves to encourage that ancient family. My dove, with love and sincerity and all that I have to offer, your queen. Somebody last week, and they said that they called some weird number, and they called it twice, but they said that that it was my number. And um, I don't know. I don't know how that keeps on happening, but that's funny. Well, when I called, thanks for calling me. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> when I uh, when I was I was fixing my microphone, and I was like, "Is this Levi?" And he said, "Oh hey, Levi." I'm like, "No, what?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he thought you were Levi. He, he thought was I was down to talk, man. Yeah, and he sounded excited. He was like, "Well, it doesn't sound like a telemarketer." So that's sounds amazing. Like, sounds like a guy. How maybe, you doing? Oh. Maybe you could kill it as a telemarketer then. If you, you know, I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe you've got a future there. If you can make people think that you don't want anything from them. That's great. Uh, that's, that's the plan for the future. Got to make money somehow, right? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. It's awesome. I'm going good, man. Thanks for, thanks for calling and connecting. I, like I said, in that original, uh, posts or email submission whenever I reached out it didn't really know what the best way to go about no, getting you, in touch was but seems like it was the right way so thanks you want to know the crazy thing the crazy thing is I was actually going to reach out to you anyway oh cool that's great because I, I, well, I saw you guys did stuff with Cam like he had posted something or 
in vogue or I don't know, somebody posted something about it online. I thought, man, this is cool. I've done a couple of podcasts recently and it seems like they're more of a thing again. And, um, so I just figured I'd start reaching out to a couple myself too. So it's good. Yeah, I and we love it. we love Cam. We love Cam a lot. And uh, he's great. I actually he's I, from that same area. Yeah. Well, kind of. He's from uh, yep. Northern California or Central California. I'm in the LA area. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I actually I listened to your uh, interviews with Bad Christian and the Reformed Pubcast. So okay, I'm gonna let you know cool. you are the first uh, person to be on both of those podcasts and now on my show. Oh wow! Cool. Well, those guys are great. I, uh, I, it's funny. Reform reached out, and I, I, I honestly haven't listened to to a huge amount of their of their stuff. Um, but I jam, jam the majority of the bad Christian episodes. Just and um, I don't know. It, it was just it was honestly both of those things coming together was kind of random, and they both came together at the same time. So, um, it's great. I like doing I like doing this stuff. It's fun to talk to people. Yeah, especially about your new album, Correspondence. Uh, it came out, uh, I believe it came out last fall, am I right? Yeah, it came out in November. Yeah. Okay. And you, um, did, and you did a Kickstarter for it? I did. Kickstarted the thing. First time I've done a Kickstarter for it. Uh, for, for, for it, obviously. For right. it. For anything. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a crazy experience. It was good. Now, with when you're doing your stuff with Come and Live, how are you able to fund the fun for those projects? Honestly, we have some support through Come and Live, which is neat. Come and Live is a 501c3 uh, nonprofit organization. And for a lot of their artists, they act as kind of an umbrella uh, where others that believe in or support what that artist is doing are able to make a tax-deductible donation to Come and Live. Mm -hmm. And then Come and Live is able to pass it along to the artist that, that it is specified to go towards. So that had to do a little bit of it. We don't have a huge amount. Honestly, um, the majority of anything that we've used in the past has just come through touring really hard for a really long time. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, you always, we've, Levi the Poet's always been an independent project. So the majority of, of what we end up making is just through <laughs> grinding and getting out on the road and connecting with people and doing the tour life and selling merch and stuff to pay for more merch and stuff. So, um, that's, that's what's happened in the past anyway. Well, touring is an experience and it's good that you're able to make enough cash to be able to, uh, record your own albums, at least for that time. Uh, but being a smoke spoken word artist, uh, I sure. know. I know. When Cam was on my show, he was talking about how his hit song he recorded in a Burger King bathroom. Uh, <laughs> when you started, yeah. when you started, did you uh, record anywhere, or did you record on anything? Like, because there's no music with what you were doing. Yeah, I recorded in the living room of my friend's house with a bandana over a styrofoam cup for a pop filter. <laughs> and, uh, and that was the werewolves album. Actually, the guy had a recording studio, but something ended up falling through really nice guy. Him and his wife were a part of this, uh, this church organization that was here in Albuquerque. And even before I ever put out werewolves, I was just doing some spoken word stuff in the music scene here. He knew about it. He played in the scene. And he loved what I was doing and so offered to help me out with it. So it was 
you know, we had, and it, it ended up being fine regardless, but it was just funny because we had the studio and something ended up falling through with him and his partner. So we just ended up recording it in his house and uh, it was kind of janky, but <laughs> such a good memory. Now, what's the difference between recording then and coming up into correspondence? Because uh, from what I know, from listening to your prior albums, uh, this is the first album you've had music on every single song, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, the recording process is a lot different, given a lot of different variables, but primarily I'm just not the only one that's a part of it anymore, Right. Um, which is which is great as far as I'm concerned. I am realizing more and more and more how essential and um, hopeful and good and, 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 um, and all kinds of things and to have a team around you. And I think that the guys that have helped me out with some stuff here in Albuquerque have been just such a great group of creative people that are so talented in and of themselves in, in their own projects, let alone trying to collaborate on some stuff. So really Levi the Poet has become I mean, almost more of a collaborative thing between three different, three or four different people in Albuquerque, and and then a community of of people giving input here in Albuquerque, which is is really great. Uh, something that honestly I probably shied away from in the past, just out of fear of having to let go of some. You know, I don't know. You, I mean, you do stuff by yourself for so long that eventually you get scared of opening up your hands and giving any of it away. You know, right. I, it, it's probably counterintuitive, but. It's just kind of been my experience anyway, but but it's it's been so much better to do that. So, but correspondence. I mean, we had live musicians. We had uh, my my friend Alex Sugg, who's a, a composer, and he does a project named Glow House that I've toured with a few times in the past. He wrote all of the music for it. The guy named Andy Osling, who does a project called Lowercase Noises, and he's a producer and, and makes a living doing all of his own music stuff and. And engineering, and so there's there's a really awesome group of creative people here that have been a part of it for the last the last couple of albums, actually. Is it a different experience, at least for the musicians, uh, writing for a spoken word artist? Do you just write whatever you feel you need to write, and then they just put music over it, or do you check out the music first? You know, it, it's been. Hmm. I write whatever I write because I, I don't know. I, I guess when I write, I've got an idea of what I want it to sound like in my head, okay. which is kind of cool because then I have something to present to Alex whenever he ends up writing, but is kind of not cool because then it's, I get stuck there and it's hard for me to, to shift outside of it because mm-hmm. obviously you need to kind of compromise to make both things work well together. So um, Alex just killed it for correspondence as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know if that sounds arrogant, but it's no. not my music. So I just, right. there it is. You know, <laughs> it's, his, it's my album, it's his music. So we, when we put it together, I, I wrote out the story and basically gave it to him and said, uh, write what this makes you feel like. Hmm. And he wrote the stuff that he wrote. And we definitely got together and figured out time, figured out, ebb and flow of the tracks and how they were going to work together and how it was going to come together as almost like a soundtrack to this fiction story that correspondence ended up being. But it was, a uh, it was definitely a way of writing that I had never done before. That was so cool. And I, I would love to keep on doing it that way or progressing, whatever that looks like in the future too. 
Well, he did a great job because, I mean, with the song Tuxedo Black, I think lyrically and musically, that that song is probably the per- the most perfect example of a sure. super cohesive song. Uh, yeah. W- with correspondence, right. you did mention that this is it. It's basically a concept album. Uh, yeah. W- what is the story about? Uh, it's a love story about a boy and a girl that don't really have a name uh, or an age, but kind of the only context that you're given for their relative existence is old enough to comprehend and young enough to dream. So the idea in the beginning was to create this almost fantasy-like children's story that mm-hmm. encompassed a lot of more mature themes that obviously a five-year-old wasn't going to be able to grasp what was writing about. And I thought for a while about giving them names and faces and ages, but I like the idea of listeners being able to enter into the story. And that's a lot of what makes a good story is writing something and then inviting other people to enter into it and kind of craft some of that stuff for themselves, see themselves in it. So the premise, though, is that there's a boy and a girl and they're in love. It's uh, it's set in a, oh, I don't know, maybe 1700s-style setting that's clashing with you know, clashing with modern-day movie references or whatever, but the girl's dad is a whaler and a ship captain and almost like a Moby... almost a Captain Ahab, Moby Dick-type character who takes his daughter out to sea while he's chasing this whale that really in the story is is a, a picture of this idol that his entire life is devoted to getting. And so he takes his daughter away... The boy is devastated, and he is at home on land building a treehouse for her for when she comes back home so that they can live in their treehouse together and run away. And that's it, man. It's just it's, uh, it's a Moby Dick meets um, Wes Anderson's Moonrise Kingdom mm-hmm. story. So, I and, don't know. And a little bit of Pocahontas at the same time. And a little bit of Pocahontas. <laughs> there's all kinds of... I mean, there's... You yeah, made, you, made a field, you made a Field of Dreams reference. That's right. Field of Dreams. There's that was True amazing. Grit, there's The Princess Bride. There's all kinds yes. of stuff in there that, that doesn't fit, but um, fits. And and I liked it because when people reference James Lee Jones, uh, <laughs> James Lee Jones, <laughs> James Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't even think and of his what narrator it is. voice. James, said, James Lee Jones, James Earl Jones. narrator voice. <laughs> It's like what was, I got his name wrong on accident, and then I couldn't figure out. What I'm your guest, and I'm yes. just totally mocking you. I no, it's okay, that. dude. Mock me all you want, James Earl Jones. It's gonna get edited, so no one's even gonna hear this. No, uh, man, I'm just kidding. James Earl Jones. Uh, when people reference him, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but you know, to hear him being referenced to Field of Dreams, that's yeah. something that's really uncanny. Man, I loved that show, that show. I loved that movie. movie. My dad and I always used to watch it growing up. And so I had this song called The Great American Game and figured there's not a better representation for it. Now, with this story, do you draw a lot from your own personal life? Is that why you wanted to create this story? Because I know, um, I actually, when I used to work at IndieVision, I did a, a review for Monologues. A long time oh, wow. Ago. Yeah. Thank you. That's oh, amazing. For sure. I don't even remember. I couldn't even score it because it was just so different and but <laughs> so well done. Yeah. Um, Thanks. But I know monologues, it had to do a lot with your own personal story, with your own personal issues. Did you have to draw yeah. that into this story, correspondence? There's a little bit of it. 
for sure. But definitely one of my motivations for this album was to do something different because I, I've done three albums in that vein. Right. And not because I feel like I, I don't know, like someone will, not because I was catering anything towards anyone in particular. That's just, that's what I was writing. That, that was my outlet. It was therapeutic for me. It was something that I was able to do in order to grow and move on and move past um, and, and hopefully be able to sympathize with and connect with other people in the process. But a lot of what corresponds, there, there is some personal story in correspondence, but it's shrouded in the midst of this story. And a lot of it is, is things that maybe I will only recognize or the people that mm. I have shared it with or, or my family, maybe a few references here and there. But I really wanted to just practice I guess doing something outside of what I've done, you know, for the last five years. And that, that's what correspondence was. And it was, it was cool. I mean, it, it really stretched me as a writer. I've, I've never written any sort of fiction and maybe I'm, you know, I mean, you, you want to start talking plot holes and all kinds. I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of literary problems with correspondence and fiction. The, the goal is not to be, Stephen King, you know, I'm on a Stephen King kick right now. He's the, he's the jam, but but it's it was definitely something different for me. Yeah. So there's was, there's some autobiography, autobiography, autobiography. I can't even say words. Okay. I, I I I say words for a living. I, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Autobiographical. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. This this is what we both do for a living. So I mean. There you go. I'm getting James Lee Jones on this show. <laughs> um, now, it, but it was a different challenge, right? Like, how challenging was it to write a, a fiction story compared to writing more, uh, you know, more about yourself? I guess. I'd say that the biggest. Well, for one, it was it was a lot of fun for me to write a fiction story. Okay. It was it was it was just something that I hadn't done it reminded me of what I used to love about writing. And I think that to some degree I struggle at times with loving the craft because it's what I do occupationally. And I, I don't, you know, I'm always blown away. I, okay. So back to Stephen King, I just finished reading his book on writing and you know, somebody asks him, do you just do it for the money? And he says, no, I do it for the love. And that's, that's, that's fantastic. That's amazing. I wouldn't say that, I mean, if I was going to do something for the money, I would probably find something else to do, you know? So there's, there's definitely a love for it, but at the same time, you know, I am thinking provision. I am thinking my wife, I am thinking, you know, there's all kinds of things that go into it. And so at at some point throughout my time doing Levi the Poet full time, um, you know, it has gotten to a place where writing has just sort of felt tedious and chore like, I think that for any artist who wants to, to be consistent and disciplined, I mean, you, so there's the word discipline. So, so you, you do that. Um, but, but at the same time, it, it really is something that I love and something that was a, it was a challenge for me, but it was so much fun. I think that the most challenging part of doing correspondence with fiction was just my own insecurities about what, people that listen to me would think because it is so much different than yelling, screaming my very 
dramatic autobiographical life that the last three albums have been. Like, I know that they're more than that. I, I'm, I'm the one undercutting myself. I'm not saying that they're not valuable and important. I, I still continue to love to perform all of that stuff and to, to speak into it. I, there's just been so many amazing opportunities that have come through it. Um, but, you know, I, and it's kind of embarrassing. I don't know. It, you know, it's just it's something different. You always go into new things thinking, I wonder, I wonder what the response to this is going to be. And at the same time, you can't stay in the same spot forever. Um, you know, there's no longevity there either, let alone enjoyment with getting to, to stretch yourself as an artist. Right. And I think that's kind of funny because uh, from what I hear, it, it seems like you've, you, at least with this album, you, you had a little insecurity about, writing more fiction compared to writing about yourself. But I know a lot of songwriters, they hide behind the concept because they don't want to write about themselves. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And and that is interesting. And, and whether it's hiding or whether that's the way that they feel like Mm -hmm. they get to share their true selves or whatever. I mean, I, I don't know necessarily the motivation behind each, artists and what art that person chooses to put out. But personally, I am and have always been a fan of, you know, brutal, even transparency that just says, lays it out on the table and says, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. Let's, you know, if if there are other people in the same position, let's be in this position together, but let's not live inside of a box and let's not go live in a corner. I think that's one of the reasons that I've enjoyed listening to the Bad Christian podcast. Like mm-hmm. you, you guys, at, or you, you mentioned that at the beginning of the interview, just right. said, "Oh yeah, I heard you on there." I enjoy what they do because the, there's it's this no holds barred, you know, approach to having a conversation and inviting other people into it. And sure, I mean, you know, that I even told them there's some things I agree with, some things I don't disagree with. Right. I assume that that's going to be the case with anyone that approaches my work with any sort of objectivity or you know maybe someday i'll put out something that somebody that's loved it for a long time absolutely hates or thinks is wrong or 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 whatever else but i i love the um you know like john first john talks about walking in the light i I love that and I, i think that i think that it would be fantastic even from a general worldview if if a whole lot of people did that, I think that it would be a, a whole lot more helpful for for all kinds of people to know that they're not alone. And so that that's what a lot of, of my content has stemmed from and just a desire to, to model that by doing it before other people. Right. We're going to get back to Levi in just one moment. But before we do, I want to let you guys know that next week here on the Kill Rock podcast, we have Joshua Weidling from Digital Tour Bus joining us. It's going to be a two-part episode. I'm actually announcing that now. We went so long, and what Josh had to say was super informative that we have to make it two episodes. We also have some special guests coming up in the next couple weeks that we are not going to announce yet, but stay tuned. We're going to play a jam from Levi the Poet, but before we do that, this week, we want to see... You all go on audibletrial.com slash killrock. That is the best place for you guys to help support the Kill Rock podcast financially. And you don't even have to spend a cent. Just sign up and 
That's it. Go to audibletrial.com slash killrock. Put down all your info and you can cancel at any time. Once you cancel, it never charges you, but they still send some cash to the Kill Rock podcast and helps us pay our bills. Also, remember to rate, review, share, subscribe, download, yada, yada, yada. When you rate and review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podomatic, it helps us out in the analytics and it helps put us on those charts that you see where Serial always is and Bad Christian always is. Help us get on those charts. Rate and review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podomatic. Also, if you feel led to contribute your hard-earned money to the Kill Rock podcast, there is a donation button in the news section of killrockpodcast.com. It says donate. It goes straight to our PayPal, and that money will help go to the Kill Rock podcast and keep us running, keep us on the air. We're going to play another jam from Levi McAllister, Levi the Poet, whatever you want to call them. This is also off the album Correspondence. This is Chapter 11, Cul-de-Sac Colonies, here on the Kill Rock Podcast. I want you to know something, something that I always admired most about you. No matter how vibrant the storm, no matter how high the waves, no matter how dark the night, you never let the world get inside of your boat. You kept living when everyone else was sinking, and this whole life never got a droplet toward pulling you down to the ocean floor. Admittedly, this last bottle has room enough for the last of my heart because I drank the last of it myself. Hated it, by the way. Seems my father could have picked a vice that tasted better than rubbing alcohol, but hey, he gave me his last flask when he came downstairs to say that he wanted things to have been different, and I believed him. He said he needed to go down with the ship, but he wished that I didn't, and I believed him. Listen, the want to die is no longer a foreign thought in my mind. A lot of people want to. I could have died without leaving a note behind. A lot of people do. He started slurring about a memory that he must have caught in the musty air, like a dust particle stuck to the glaze over his eyes. When you were six years old, I stood inside of our home at a windowsill, watched you walk back from that boy's house down the street. Sick, went back to bed before I thought you saw me. And when I heard you call out, Daddy, I pretended to be asleep. I just didn't have the energy to get up and keep you from believing in the ghost that you've seen ever since. He finally fixed his gaze, afraid, and said, Honey, they've been haunting me, but I hope that you don't have to see them any longer. I believe him. If I can give you anything, 
Let it be that I have not bid my farewell from the ocean, but from the moment I waved goodnight after our first victory as body-painted newlyweds in a cul-de-sac colony, looking forward to morning when our parents would let us sail through the quiet neighborhood streets and the dawn would bring us back together again. or we were Indians or we were pilgrims and none of us ever cared that cowboys didn't come here from England we were just making our pilgrimage toward the sun searching for freedom and rewriting history for everyone but mostly us maybe I'm still playing our game I'm just sailing for the new world alone this time I wish I could come back to tell you what I find but life has never consulted me before making all of these big decisions and I stand helpless and hopeless unless the beauty you see in the mystery really points to something I wish we could explore this together let me tell you to die will be an awfully big adventure but don't get lost boy I want to talk to one another about it someday Time to say goodbye. Such a definite word, an infinite word, an intimate word, but it needs to be heard so that you don't have to wonder why the bottle stopped coming. You need closure to move on. You can't sink with me. You get this after I'm gone. And I hope that you can use our treehouse to love someone else once the tide has finally set you free. But don't tell her who you built it for. Make her believe that she's the reason you put all those hours into protecting the purity of that place. I think that eventually you'll believe it too. I truly do not know whether time heals all wounds. It sounds like wishful thinking, but I do know that you can't stop living just because someone else has. My love, don't sink. Don't sink. You're queen. Now I'm going through your Spotify list right now, and uh, I, I'm looking at the related artists, and I think it's I think it's funny. Uh, there's good artists, great artists that are you're related to, uh, Mike Maines and the Branches, Ocean is Theory. Yeah. Um, not spoken words. I think the only spoken word uh, really is Maddie Montgomery and Bradley Hathaway. Now, <laughs> now Bradley Hathaway is a little bit before you, or but what inspired you to get on a stage and to start? just i don't want to just say talking but start yelling i was screaming (laughs) yes i was i was yeah i was losing all of my vocal cords (laughs) um honestly bradley bradley was bradley was a huge inspiration as you know as long as as long as he's as long as we're talking about him i I saw bradley on a tour when i was still in high school um the next time he came through town, I gave him a bunch of writing that I that, that I had and said, hey, man, I, I appreciate what you do. Mind taking a look at it for me. Um, to his great, great credit, something that still fascinates me to this day, especially with you know, just like how much comes into your inbox every single day, which isn't to say that you don't appreciate all of it, but it's just to say it's really hard to actually put thought and, and, and response time into, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, it, t- it takes uh, it takes a dedication to do something like that. But he did. Next time he came through, um, 
you know, unfortunately, it was, it's kind of a joke now, or at least in my mind it is, but he gave, he gave it back to me, and he's like, yeah, I don't really like it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, it's like so much. I, I guess you weren't he, hardcore he was, enough for him. Yeah, uh, yeah I know. But, <laughs> but he, was generous, he was generous about it and just said, you know, I, you write so differently. It's, you know, I mean, he, he, he gave me some good uh, criticism, yeah. and I really value that. I really ad- admire that. Um, honestly, um, anybody that knows Bradley knows that he um, doesn't really hold back any any punches. He's pretty honest about yeah. the things, and 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 we've gotten to know one another over the years too, and 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 have even have even toured together and you know talked and, and stuff like that since then. So, um, Brad, yeah, Bradley is definitely a dude. But then, as far as style and all of that, I mean, I was in the middle of the hardcore scene in right. Albuquerque largely because of my now wife who, who introduced me to a lot of that music. And so um, a lot of the delivery and, and all of that stuff just kind of came out of my love for what was happening in that world. So, uh, you know, that, that's good enough for now. That, those, yeah. are, those are two of the main major influences that, that I had. So I could, tell, I could tell Cam that he doesn't inspire you at all. You know, what's funny. <laughs> Cam and I laugh together a lot. Like, it's so weird because maybe it's just because there's not a lot of spoken word artists, but yeah. I mean, you, you just always hear the same exact comparisons every time. <laughs> and, and that's, that's fine. I mean, I, you know, I, I think Cam, I've, I've been listening to some of the new hotel book stuff and I played with Cam and did stuff with him before hotel books was even a thing. And right. I, I really like him. He's a genuine dude. He, he calls me, is so much better about following, you know, connecting with people and staying in touch than I feel like I ever have been. And I'll get calls from him and, Hey man, what's up? Oh, nothing. Oh, cool. Just called to say, love you. You know, hope you're doing well, whatever. So, um, he's rad, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for him and them. And, uh, have you listened to run wild yeah. yet? Uh, I haven't listened to the entire. Wait, wait, Run Wild is that the, the is that the single? The new, well, the new album, but yeah, this the single too. I I haven't listened to the whole thing all the way through, which is so lame. I, I was supposed to do it a long time ago. I've listened to it a decent amount, but I haven't I haven't I, I haven't listened to it enough to be able to give you a synopsis. If that's oh, the next no. question, I've, I've listened I've listened to it five times only because I had to talk to him. So okay it's a great well, it, I, I give him crap but it, it, it's a great it's a great album um that's awesome we were talking your style uh and you're you know I, i'm sure people compare you to bradley hathaway why because sure. you and bradley hathaway do basically you do the same thing but there's also different delivery um mm-hmm. but nowadays it seems like your style has in it like kind of developed into actual bands genres like law dispute and I guess you could say sure. hotel books to some extent, but now it's like what you did uh, the last five or six years is now actually becoming a genre. Do you hold any credit for any of that? <laughs> uh, no, not <laughs> not in my mind. Not in my mind anyway. I mean, well, I mean, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's true. I mean, I will hear people tell me that. Other people will say, "Oh, have you heard this?" this is like what you did, except you did it a long time ago and that's cool or whatever. But I don't, I just, I really do try not to entertain stuff like that. I'm, I'm prideful and arrogant enough as it is just because of who I am and the things that I struggle and I wrestle with. 
So I, I, I just really try hard to stay away from being like, oh, yeah, I was doing this a long time ago before it was cool. Like, that's dumb. If anything, I'm excited to be, you know, there's some, it's funny because there's some fear there, I think, if I'm just going to be honest, where it's like, oh, man, but I love, I still love this. I'm still doing this. Is it going to, am I just going to be the old guy? Which is funny. I mean, I'm 25 years old. I I would like to think that I still have a little bit of life left in me, but those are the kinds of thoughts that go through my head when it's like, okay, Bradley did this thing. He was kind of the only one that was doing it. Dan Smith from Listener was yes. doing, uh, you know, he was doing hip hop stuff in Deep Space Five way back before he started Listener. Then Listener started as a rap, as a rap thing. Now he's doing, you know, then he turned it into talk music. It was just him and the other guy. Now, 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 you know, Dan and the two Chris's. And there's so much. There's, and then, for sure, spoken word is a more widely accepted and well known genre. Um, that that's that's actually it's, it's you know it's, it's gaining i think it's still continually gaining momentum still has a lot of merit there's just some amazingly talented artists out there so i you know i check i check a lot of them out i i still um i, I still am just thankful that i've gotten to do any of this stuff at all i mean i i sure i'm you know I, it's a lot of work and we've worked hard at it and and, you know, my wife married into a freaking touring artist <laughs> life, which is insane. You know, she's, she's just, she's amazing and so supportive and, and so, so wonderful. I, I, there's no way I'd even be doing We by the Poet without her. And, and there's no way I'd have any, you know, there's no way I'd be doing this interview or have any, any sort of anything if it, if it wasn't just by the grace of God just allowing me to be able to, to, to do something that really I never planned on doing anyway in the first place. So I don't feel like I can take a whole lot of credit for anything. Well, let's hope that there's a ton more years for you so you can actually become that old man. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, old man. man, all I want to do is be some old writer man in a plaid shirt with suspenders <laughs> and beer. Probably, I mean, I like beer, but probably by then it'll be some. Dis- I picture myself with Milwaukee's best or something disgusting with a koozie and, and a you know and pipe tobacco and rocking on a porch. That's totally a rider thing. There's a train going by. There's you know there's it's honking or whatever trains do. So that's it. That's the goal, man. <laughs> now, that's funny because I had I had Michael Sweet and Matt uh, Michael Sweet from Striper and uh, Matt Baird from Spoken yeah. on the show. And not that they're old men, but. I mean, they're, they've been doing their stuff for at least 20, almost, you know, another band, 30 years. And I know they're still, kicking, know. they're still kicking tail. That's what they're doing. Kicking tail. <laughs> That's awesome. Good. There's hope. Yeah, it's, there's Thank hope, God. total hope for you. And I'm sure you have a lot more words to write. Uh, what is the next step for Levi, the poet after correspondence? Well, first things first is going to be getting out on the road with correspondence. It's been almost, you know, it's been four months since the album actually dropped. And yeah. I have this bad habit of releasing things right before Christmas when everything <laughs> dies down and you're trying to relax and other people don't want to go to shows. And then the first three months of the year are like, oh, yeah, great. I've been touring so hard time off, but now it's March. So um, I just I just announced the tour today that I've started to book um, coming west actually. So oh, awesome. uh, if you want if you want to connect in uh, in LA or Bakersfield or whatever area you're in, I'm gonna be out there hopefully in May. But getting out on the road with correspondence, I'd like to do the entire album all the way through as a live set. I think that it would just be 
a really fun thing to be able to bring the entire story to different towns. Doing that, um, I, I, I hinted at a book last year at the end of my Kickstarter campaign and just said if, if any extra funds came in that they'd be set aside for trying to finally organize that after nice. all of these years. So there, there's some different things. And, and honestly, you know, I've been kind of out of my mind with some sort of weird identity issue in relation to who I am as Levi McAllister, a real-life person, and <laughs> Levi the poet, which is just, we'll get to it. It's, it's silly and it's obnoxious, and I'm still thinking through it because I don't quite understand why in the world I've done this to myself I or how I got so confused. I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you. I was okay. like, should, okay. should I, do I call uh, you Levi McAllister? Do I yeah. call you Levi the poet? Are, are you like Dude. Levi and the poets now? Like, what? You know what? It's so lame. I, I, uh... It's the whole thing is lame. I don't. I don't understand. I, eventually, I think that I'm finally starting to get some sort of clarity about it. I, I guess. I guess originally, what I was trying to do is is distinguish between things that I'm really interested in that don't necessarily fit underneath the Levi the Poet moniker. But that's the only way that I've ever done anything socially and stuff that I want to do outside of it. That maybe sometimes correlates, but maybe sometimes. Doesn't and I think that in doing that, all I've done is confuse myself and everyone else, and hopefully made a really good practical joke about it. But um, need to figure out a way to to make it less confusing in my head, so that every time I post something, I don't have to decide for fifteen minutes. Oh my gosh, where should this come from? So stupid. So I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it out. But all that to say, I'm interested in a lot of different things, and I'm just you know. I think eventually I'm just going to be my regular old person and there's going to be all kinds of other subcategories beneath that. But I, I at least I can just be comfortable being myself. Awesome. Well, Levi McAllister, the poet. <laughs> yeah. Cat owner, aficionado, person who drives Scion XBs and looks like Marshmallow Man. The maker of probably the most entertaining Kickstarter video. Oh man, that is all Craig Gross. That dude, um, him and his son at Triple, came at through Triple X Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And him and his son came through, and I showed him, I showed him the video that I had originally, which I did end up releasing, and it's kind of cool for people more interested in backstory. But he watched it, and he just said, "This is the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. I am never, I would never watch this whole thing." So then that afternoon, we refilmed what it ended up being. And uh, I think that's probably the reason it got funded. So thanks, Craig. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. If you, you know, if triple X church wants to sponsor the kill rock podcast, I mean, Oh man, <laughs> I, have, I have nothing to do with any of that. So <laughs> go, I'll just, just give just, them a shout out. Just pass, go, the word. just pass the word. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Levi, for coming on the show. I cannot wait. Yeah. Man. When you Thank come out you. to the West coast, I'll, I'll, I'll get you some in and out or something. Uh, I would love some in and out. I, they skipped right over Albuquerque, just like everyone does. Whether it's a band, a restaurant, food chain, a, you name it, they will be in Phoenix and they will be in Dallas, but there will be nothing remotely close to Albuquerque, New Mexico. But you have so better calls on breaking. You have better call on Breaking Bad, so you can't be that mad. We do, and we have green chili, and yes. no matter what Colorado says. We had the green chili first, so there it is. <laughs> Levi, uh, we could find you on uh, Twitter, at Levi the Poet, am I right? Yes, sir. It's my favorite. Where Love do, Twitter. That's your best. 
<laughs> That's your bread and butter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Levi the Poet on Twitter. Um, if you just, I mean, if you search Levi the Poet, it'll pop up. LeviThePoet.net is the website. You can find everything that you need to from there. And you have correspondence on your own Bandcamp as well as iTunes. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All, all of my albums are on both of those platforms. Okay, so LeviThePoet.Bandcamp.com? Yes, sir. Awesome. Everyone, or uh, Levi, once again, thank you for yeah. so much for coming on the show. Everyone, go check out Levi the Poet, especially when he hits the road uh, all the way out to the West Coast. And uh, we're gonna yeah. play. We're gonna play another jam. We're gonna play Tuxedo Black, if you don't mind. Oh, that's amazing! Thanks. Since, I didn't since know you were doing that. That's great. You were weighing anchor, I was weighing my options Thinking why, like knowing would satisfy But if love is true, then the tide will carry mine to you know I'd drown in the undercurrent Before I let myself lose our happy ending It's the future I miss the most Seventeen years from now, I want to be younger And as carefree as I can be I want you next to me and I want you to reflect all of the best of me I want the fairy tale, parenthetical port swing Metaphorically morphing our distorted upbringing Into enough of a string to hang by to believe it can be redeemed I was a man before I got the chance to be a boy Mother said she wanted neither Father said I was his joy He kept on saying things like Enjoy your youth while you can But when the cancer started taking its toll The roles reversed And I cannot fathom what it is like to be eaten alive Said he had ants beneath his skin But even then, he'd tell it in a bedtime story Son, there are colonies of Englishmen With marching orders to see to it That the Indians become just like them Dressed up in distinguished garb To cover up their colors and civilize them Well, he said in a similar sense I've got tuxedo black blood cells Clothing those that bleed red If you can laugh along with me The irony is that I'll be better dressed Than I've ever been When I lie to rest here in bed and you wondered why that Indian fort was the one left standing. I made sure the natives won every time we play that game. Man, I had mud clods filled with rocks that I'd launch at the backs of those backstabbers. But admittedly, as you can imagine, it was a short-lived fame. With all my neighborhood friends bleeding from their heads and everything. Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who tells you different is selling something. That's not true. The Dread Pirate Roberts may have been awesome, but that kind of theology is a hell of a downer to subscribe to. I know there's beauty out there. I'm sure you can see it on the ocean, even if the crew has started to look as white as that whale they're chasing. I've been reading through Moby Dick, 700 pages of old English and rhetoric, and I can't really understand all of it, but Captain Ahab's looking pretty pale. Be careful, I've been building our treehouse, I hid it far enough away so that when we run, we can stay. And I wrote out the location like a secret on a treasure map. However long your voyage, you'll have a place to call home when you come back. The ladder was nailed to the trunk, and I started hammering the foundation to be sure that we have something to build our future on. 
How I long for the day that I get to see your face, my strength, my hope, my song. And we want to thank Levi McAllister, Levi the Poet, for coming on to the show. We are so stoked to meet up with you when you hit up the West Coast on the Don't Sink Tour. Like I said before, when we recorded this interview, he didn't announce uh, really any any information at the moment, at this time at least, uh, but he did afterwards. If you want to help book Levi the Poet, Come to California, come to Nevada, Arizona, Oregon, whatnot. Go to levithepoet.net, check out the information, find out a way you could book him. Get him to Southern California so we could go eat In-N-Out burgers and hang out. And uh, hopefully Cam Smith's in town so we could have a, a trifecta of beautiful people talking about music talking about god talking about whatever and uh you know if that's the case maybe we'll have levi the poet and cam smith on the show you never know you never know no spoilers nothing but it would be a great time having cam and levi the poet as you know cam is a card and levi is a gentleman so it all works out perfectly Thank you all for checking out this episode of the Kill Rock Podcast. We love having Jimmy Smith on the show. We love having great artists like Levi the Poet on the show. We're going to leave you with one last jam, but before we do that, we got to let you guys know, audibletrial.com slash killrock. Remember that website. Go check it out. Also, stay tuned for the 68 video. Actually, just 68, not the 68. The video featuring 68 on bringthenoise.com we'll have a link for the video uh in the description part of this page also 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 rate review subscribe to the kill rock podcast let us know what you think let us know what you love about the show also if you're an independent band and you want your music played here on the kill rock podcast all you have to do is email myself personally, Keith, K-E-I-T-H, at KillRockPodcast.com. That is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Send me your music. Send me your bio. Send me whatever is going on with your band. And we'll play you on the air. And if we love your band so much, we will invite you onto the show, talk with you about your music, talk with you about being an independent band, talk with you and uh hopefully get you some more exposure out there guys go check out riser dies brand new compilation winter shrills winter shills it's either shills or shrills i don't have it in front of me right now but whatever it is winter shills at riserdie.com we're gonna leave you with levi the poet he said this song was his favorite song that is not on correspondence this is Resentment, here on the Kill Rock Podcast. We'll see you next Monday 
for Joshua Weidling from Digital Tour Bus. It's like the Spirit answered all of my prayers and now I resent Him for it. Oh, I used to take so much time for myself to just sit and be silent. I haven't heard that sound in years, but I've replaced it with a lot of voices that claim to be God. The first poem I ever wrote was about San Francisco and the homeless and what I was told. I was 12 years old and I rhymed poor white bro with chips from Nabisco given to a beggar as he pushed his cart down the road. That boy got buried at Hayton Ashbury beneath the Ben and Jerry's in a big city and a pretty girl is the only thing he needs to get his heart to beating again. Oh, this all used to be for nothing and no one, and now I shout TRANSPARENCY! But I miss every single one of my secrets. I would rather know pain than be numb, but then again, we ask for the opiates to numb the pain for us. Well, I always fall asleep to dream of mending up my wounds, then wake to spend the day reliving every bruise for the sake of a sad song, or a sweet repose, or seeing the blood flow from the stitching like it were a cavalry of demons in retreat, promising to leave me alone. They're liars! The release has never been as satisfying as the promise to fix what's been sown. We get bottled up like the alcohol gets bottled up and then we bottle it up in us. And I search for ways to define myself by some skeptical lack of trust. Because if I can't trust in anything, I'm not to blame for my lack of movement. And I can abuse everyone's pity. And I can convolute it. My sister used to sing when she was younger, but the world it got in her throat! And she put that dream away while coming of age acted as a serpent and questioned her home. When I was younger, I wanted to be a cowboy. And then I wanted to be Superman. And then I wanted to wear my cowboy boots over my red underwear Superman costume and be... Cow man, <laughs> well, I am a cow man. Said all of my fantasies about my wife to be were based upon things I should have never seen. All of our fantasies about our wives to be are based on positions it should have never been idolized by our eyes, worshipped as though they gave us life. But that's the nature of the beast, and he still squirms next to wisdom as she screams, clawing for me on the streets. And how does life begin as a seed that turns out to scream for something? Like someone misnamed gift for to be inherently found wanting. If there is so much joy to be had, then tell me where I went wrong. Because for all the times I tried to satisfy my mom, I still cannot write one joyful song! So mom, I tried. And come October, I thought that I could do it. But November threw us into a whirlwind again. And come January, I knew it. All the things that I told my fans about the hope that I had found are lying in a hotel bathroom in a puddle of blood on the ground. And somebody will love it because it's honest. And somebody will hate it because it's crude. But as for me, Every time I stand and give my testimony to a crowd, I will lie awake at night and wonder about whether or not I told the truth. God forgive me! I believe a lot of lies that come from the mouths of a lot of good liars. Namely, me. 
But I'd rather tie a millstone around my neck and throw myself into the sea than perpetuate some emotionally driven blasphemy that you don't care for the suffering. Suffering serpent, give your children eyes to see the wonders that you have for them and ears to hear the direction for their wandering, wandering feet. Grieve with me! Will you grieve with me? Look at the cross, the promise we receive. I will grieve with you with groanings too deep for words. I will sympathize with the temptation to believe the lies that you have heard. I will mourn over the loss of finite family and friends. And I will defeat death so that you will know that death is not the end. At the cross of Christ I know that the bonds of sin are broken that they bar the gates of hell for me and that heaven's doors are open as wide as my sweet savior's arms were stretched out when he died and a love has defeated death with a life for me to hope in at the cross of christ i know that despair has been removed that it drowns beneath the crushing weight of hope is found in you as blood spills in puddles to cover every self-inflicted bruise, murder becomes salvation. The resurrected truth at the cross of Christ I know that anger has found its vengeance, that righteousness became sin for me, and that only at the remembrance of a man acquainted with sorrows do I stand forgiven of my resentment as wrath and justice turn aside. To crucify my defendant at the cross of Christ, I know. The shame has lost its place. That Jesus Christ endured the curse and scorned all the disgrace and atoned before the throne as death fled without a trace that I might enter in and look full on his wonderful face at the cross of Christ, I know. <laughs>